0: restaurant unstoppable episode 263 i don't know who said this but i remember hearing this quote once that men are more important than tools if you don't believe that's true put a good tool in the hands of a poor workman so when you have those people that have skills um that you don't have or that are better than yours utilize them are
1: you ready for it It factors success stories Failures in bombs
0: of restaurant industry knowledge, then join Eric cacciatori and today 's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable
1: Are you short on time when it comes to training your restaurant staff? Well, if you are don't worry i'm sure you're not alone. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. You can find that light by visiting Tipsy for a whole library of video courses delivered by world barista champions, leading sommeliers, marketing gurus, and customer service superstars. Learn more by clicking the Tipsy banner in the show notes. If you choose to subscribe today, you'll get a special 50% discount because your restaurant unstoppable listeners get on it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, John Buchanan. John, tell me you're feeling unstoppable today.
0: Well, I feel unstoppable most days, so you know it's it's not unusual for me.
1: Great. Well, you've had an incredible career, so there's no doubting you are unstoppable. I I can't wait to learn more about what got you to where you are today. But uh, Chicago-born John Buchanan is a psychology graduate of Northern Illinois University. His career at Let Us Entertain You Entertainment or Enterprises Inc. uh, began at Ever. Evanston's Fritz, that's it, in 1978, when Richmond Melman, uh, Let Us Entertain You uh, Enterprises, founder and chairman of the board, realized they needed a human resources department. He selected Buchanan to head the, the that project, and Buchanan currently holds the title of Senior Vice President of Let Us Entertain You Enterprises and is... Uh, his ability to teach and motivate has led to the additional role as president of Let Us Entertain You uh, Enterprises Consulting Group. So, man, you've got a lot going on. You've definitely been uh, a you know a huge. Uh, part of the success of let us entertain you enterprises, I'm sure. Uh, I can't wait to figure out how you kind of got to where you are, how you grew within that, that company and what advice you have for us in our careers. So uh, why don't you just tell us uh, some motivational mantra or success quote that you've been applying in your life to help you along this journey?
0: Well, one of the things I've always um, kept in mind uh, as a mantra is a line from a movie, from The Wizard of Oz. Ooh. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs> oh man! And a, why on. that's important to me is I, I'm, I'm a. i ai have great respect for experience and authority, but I don't have a lot of respect for pomposity. So, if you remember in the movie, the wizard, you know, was just an everyday guy. Yeah. Pulling levers and you know punching buttons and making himself seem bigger and grander than he really was, yeah. and I have little tolerance for people like that. So what I tend to do is to see through that and focus on what the job is. Um, can I can I help the client achieve their goals? For example, mm. or if I'm managing a restaurant, what does this restaurant need to be more successful? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do I need to do to contribute to that um, as opposed to just following the rule book, for example, or only following the instructions you get from the man behind the curtain?
1: Yeah. So,
0: would you... now, happily for me, lettuce is an environment where that's not a problem. Many large companies, you'd get canned. Mm.
1: So, really dive into this. Uh, I want to make sure I'm pulling out the, the, the core of what the message is? Is it uh, not necessarily to break from the role of what you're expected from if it's going to change uh, the greater cause? Uh, is it keeping it simple, stupid? Like
0: Exactly what well, are you to supposed to be? Think I- of it this way. You take a job with the company. Now, we're not talking about you got your own restaurant or you're self-employed. You take a job with the company, you're taking a paycheck from them, yep. you are, in my mind, essentially obligated to do what they want you to do. Okay. However, how do you distinguish yourself? Mm. If you're going to do what everybody else is doing, big deal. Mm-hmm. How, how do you make yourself stand out? How do you make yourself really valuable to the company so that you get noticed? And it, it's a fine line to tread. How do you um, do that? Give it, Give
1: me an example, as you know, as direct as possible on how we make ourselves.
0: Well, successful. for example, when I first interviewed with Lettuce, okay, I, I was determined that Lettuce was the company I wanted to work for, and I'll tell you why in a second. Okay, um, but I, I was very specific when Rich Melman, the founder, he interviewed me back then, and he said, "We have different concepts. Where would you like to work?" What type of concept do you see yourself in? I said, I, I don't really care whether it's finer dining or casual or uh, that it's immaterial to me. What I want to find out is, which restaurant are you least pleased with? Mm. And what is it you're unpleased with? That's where I want you to put me. Mm. Because if I can make changes and strides and have successes in that environment, I'm going to be more credible to you, oh, so when I come to you and say next I want to do this or next I want to tackle that, you'll listen.
1: I love it, and really, what I'm hearing from you is, uh, if you really want to grow in your career, you need to challenge the system. You don't need to disrespect the system because you said you got to walk That's that right. fine line. You got to be a part of the culture. You don't want to spit in the face of the spoon, you know the, the you know the, the you bite the hand that yeah. feeds so- you. But you, that's right. you need to zig whenever everyone zags. You need to be willing to disturb the, the status quo to grow and to be innovative and to take it to the next level, and that's when you're going to shine.
0: Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. I love it, but man. A, a component for this to work is you need to have a lot of confidence. Mm. If you don't have confidence in your abilities – uh, in your knowledge, in your experience, if you don't have confidence in your ability to win, essentially, you're going to constantly second guess yourself, you're going to be handicapped. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're constantly going to have chains on. Um, you, you have to be able to be confident.
1: Let me ask you, and I'll be honest, I think this is a, an area where I struggle. I feel like, uh, I, I have this podcast. I, I dedicate so much to learning about the industry. I feel like people expect me to know so much. And sometimes I don't know if I deliver the confidence to back up what I've learned. How do you, how do you develop that confidence? What's your advice for building that confidence and being, or getting to the point where you, you can do what you're, you're suggesting.
0: Here, here's the way I look at it. Um, if, if you said, if I said to a client, wouldn't you like to have applicants who are more confident or managers who are more confident? They'd say, absolutely. But, you know, it, some guys aren't, some guys aren't. I believe that that is a trait that can be mentored and developed. And how? And the way to, the way to build confidence is to set a goal and achieve it. mm so here's, here's the example I like to use to illustrate this. When I was a little kid, I don't remember how old I was, but at some point I decided I wanted to dress myself for school. And I said, Mom, you know, I, I want to do it myself. You know, don't help me. And she's like, all right, but you got to be ready. So I developed a habit that I still have to this day. I I picked my clothes out the night before. So... In the morning, when it came time to get dressed, you know how if you put your shoes on the wrong feet, you know yeah. it doesn't look right and it feels funny. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody ever told me that socks don't come in left and right like <laughs> shoes. Okay. So every morning, I would look at those socks and I tried to figure out which foot each was supposed to go on. <laughs> And I'd hold them up, and I'd look at them, and I'd hold it up against my foot, and say, so, so I'd make a decision, and I'd put my socks on. Well, guess what? I got it right every morning.
1: Nice. Good good work.
0: <laughs> that that builds confidence. It, I see now, where you're going. You, you could say, well, you know, it, it was a, a false confidence. You know, you, you couldn't get it wrong. Mm-hmm. But that's not how my kid mind was thinking at the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I did it. I got it right. So... And And that's what builds confidence in people being successful.
1: Let me ask if you're somebody who uh, is, I guess, aware of their lack of confidence and that's something you want to improve on. What would you, would you set goals for yourself that are almost, uh, I guess, easily attainable so you can start, you know, you know, taking baby steps and then setting harder or updates. Okay. So is that the right course? Yes.
0: So it, But if you, if you say, you know, set some goals for yourself, they they might be too wimpy about it and, and only pick baby steps. So the mentor or the teacher would need to say, come on, you can push yourself more than this. Got it. Okay. And help them alter the goals. But the, the key is you don't have to achieve every goal to be successful. Got it. Okay. You know, you're playing sports, for example. You don't win every game. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, you've heard the old adage about you know, it's not whether you win or lose; it's how you play the game. Exactly. Well, there's some truth to that, but there's nothing like winning. Yeah, but you can, that you feels can, great.
1: You can lose a game and still win the championship. I mean, it's the you know, so many True. people that I've interviewed have opened restaurants that have failed. I'm sure. Let us entertain you has. Countless restaurants that aren't open today that didn't work out, but it's not the, it's the, it's the end game. It's the big picture of what the ultimate goal is that matters. And if you're making the strides towards that ultimate goal, and that's really what we got to focus on,
0: uh, would you say yeah, And a- there, there's a component of being tenacious as well? I love not that. giving up too easily.
1: Great. This is already turning out to be an awesome interview. You've you've just given us value lessons straight out of the gate. Uh, But I want to really learn about you, uh, your path. One of the things we try to do here at Restaurant Unstoppable is shine a light on the path to success. The the, the things we do in our life to put us in the company of the right people to move our careers forward. So what were you thinking? What was your intent? Did you have a plan? Uh, How did you get to where you are?
0: Well... Remember my background, my, my degree was in psychology Mm -hmm. and I was in graduate school. Uh, I woke up one morning and just decided I don't want to go to school anymore. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of not having any money. And you know, I, I I wanted to start work.
2: Okay.
0: Um, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Now I had washed dishes through all four years of undergraduate uh, school. Got it. And, um, but I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So, you know, I just used a little common sense and then I got drunk <laughs> and, and I had this, uh, this epiphany that regardless of what kind of shape the economy was in. And at the time people were complaining about the economy, okay. how much a gallon of the gas cost, you know, how, how much groceries were, you know, how little you got in your bag for that much money mm-hmm. uh, stuff. People are still talking about today. So I thought whatever kind of shape the economy was in, there there were a couple of things that people always had to do. One of them was they had to die. Mm -hmm. And they didn't want any part of that industry. (laughs) The second thing was they'd always have to get from place to place. And they'd have to eat. Yes. So the next morning when I sobered up, I went to the library to do some research. The Internet hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> I'm talking about periodicals, newspapers, you know those kinds of things. Can we, we do a, my research
1: can we put a date on this? Are we talking like early in 70s?
0: Uh, well, it would have been yeah re- yeah uh, uh, 69 probably Got it. 68 um, So you know I, I researched two industries: transportation and food. okay The transportation industry was a mess at the time it's still not in great shape. Okay. The, but the fastest growing industry at the time was the food industry. Got it. Now I don't know if it's still number one now, you know, I just know it's worked out very well for me, (laughs) but, um, so I looked at various aspects of the restaurant industry and one of the things of the food industry, one of the things I discovered was that every restaurant company was hiring managers, everyone. Okay. So I thought whatever industry was growing, um, I'd have a good chance for advancement if I applied myself. Logical. Um, So, you know, I I researched various restaurant companies and I picked the first one for the worst reason possible. What do you think it was? Pay. Yeah. They were willing to pay me $10 a week more than anybody else. And at the time... $500 a year seemed like a fortune to me. Okay. So So, where did it go wrong? Well, actually, nothing went wrong. I had no real restaurant experience except washing dishes. Okay. So I went, I looked for companies that had training programs that would hire people without experience. And I, I selected my first company. The problem was that I found it to be ridiculously easy okay about 90% of what I learned I learned in the first two or three months I was there Wow and um, and and I was convinced that my supervisor was an idiot so I, I was convinced that I couldn't learn a lot from him
1: everything you learned about that particular role that particular job you learned in two months or about the restaurant industry.
0: No, about that particular job I was
1: gonna say whoa okay
0: no Uh, no just just in that particular job so so I found running the restaurant you know by that company's standards pretty easy
1: yeah and and you said that uh, I was
0: running a great restaurant
1: the manager uh you said he was what
0: my supervisor um above the unit level I thought he was an idiot so what made
1: you think that he was an idiot I'm just curious
0: It was real simple um I had no formal training in this kind of stuff, but we had items on the menu, some of which had high food costs, but they also had higher gross profit margins. Mm. So I opted to sell those items, like a T-bone steak, for example. Gotcha. So eventually he came to me and said, why is your food cost so high? I said, because I'm selling so many steaks. He didn't want me to do that. I said, yeah, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. My bottom line is greater percentage-wise and dollar-wise than any of your eight other restaurants. Yes, yes but they're all running lower food costs. I said, but you don't take food costs to the bank. You take dollars yeah. to the bank. <laughs> Man. Well, I was 21 years old at the time. He was in his 30s. He ordered me to stop selling the steaks wow. so I could run a lower food cost. All right. That was the day I decided, he's a moron. I've got to get out of here. <laughs> okay, I can't learn from this guy.
2: Gotcha. He
0: doesn't get it. Oh, man. So I was afraid to leave quickly. I was afraid it would look bad on my resume. So I stayed a year to the day. But across that year, I made lists of things that were important to me. What do I want from my next position? For example, I knew nothing about liquor other than drinking it. Um, you know, because the place I was working didn't serve alcohol. I knew nothing about fine dining, nothing about wines, um, volume sales or, or party business or anything like that. So, so I continued making this list wherever I go to work next. I want to be exposed to all these things to be able to broaden my experience. And I got real lucky uh, a year later, uh, was when the Sears Tower was opening to the public, back when it was still called the Sears Tower.
2: Okay.
0: And they had a position available for an assistant manager. Uh, they had five restaurants, uh, or going to have five restaurants in there. A fine dining restaurant, um, a pub and grill, a carry-out operation, a 300-seat coffee shop, and at the time, the world's largest cafeteria, 1,700 seats. Okay. So I went and applied, and I got hired. Um, The average age of the management team there was 62. Wow. I was 22 years old at the time. (laughs) So what I got a lot of was give it to the kid, send the kid, have the kid do it. But I learned a lot in that environment. Three years later, I, I was the assistant general manager for the whole five unit complex.
1: Wow! Oh man, there's so much just from. I know your story is not done yet. We just are only so deep, but just to reflect on what you just shared with us, some of the things that really stood out to me is if you can't learn, if you're not growing, then uh, there there's no in between. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse, uh, and you recognize that at such a young age. And the other thing that I want to point out is you made a list and you set a goal and you were intentional about where you want to end up next. And I think...
0: And I think it's important to mention that I did the same thing when I wanted to leave that company five and a half years later. I made a new list.
1: There's so much to take away from that. And then you went and you surrounded yourself with really... Mentors, people that have been through it, people that could, uh, you could go to with questions if you had, a, like, you know, they you were challenging yourself, you're giving yourself all the, like, give it to the new guy, give it to the young guy. Um, you're learning every day, and you also have the resources because it sounds like you were surrounded by people who were probably pretty successful if they're, you know, in, in leadership roles at someplace like the Sears Tower.
0: Well, actually, at that company. I didn't view them that way. Okay. At, at 62 years old, that was the average age, remember. Okay. They seemed pretty old and stale to me. Okay. Not very adventurous. Not You know, they, they were, at, the, at that stage in their careers, they were just continuing to do what they'd done for 40 years.
1: They were paying attention to the man behind the curtain.
0: They were. <laughs> um, and... You know, it was. Imp- I always took on those extra jobs. I never took offense when they said, you know, have the send the kid, have the kid work on it, because I was always learning something, mm-hmm. um, and and that was my goal of go- when I went there. I wanted to learn more than I because I knew there was a lot I didn't know, um, and and I I know now that when I would say to one of those older guys, you know. Talk to me about the liquor costs. How do you, how would you control this better? You know, they were shocked that, you know, I was interested that, that I would, I'd stay around an extra hour to learn that, for example, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause that, that wasn't what they were used to. Got it. They weren't used to people wanting to learn from them.
1: Now I'm really interested, John, in your second list. Cause you said the second time you moved on the next leap in your career that you made, and we're talking probably 71, 72, 73. When did you make the leap to your next role?
0: Well, I was at that, that second company for five and a half years. Okay. So now we're in 77, 78. Got
1: it. And what, and what did your list look
0: like? I'm well, curious. it was shorter, um, one thing was money was still on the list. I wanted to make more money. All right. But it wasn't as high on my list. Got it. because at the very first company at the very first company, I was working for less than minimum wage okay. with a college education. Because I was working over a hundred hours a week. Okay. So I knew I was beyond that. So I wanted to make more money, but what was far more important to me than that was I'd come to realize that I wanted to be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Okay. I wanted to be able to make a difference. Ah. And certainly one of the things that I've seen across the years is that intelligent people don't want to follow. They want to lead. Yeah. They they want to contribute. They want to know that their skills, their knowledge, their their input is valued.
1: They want to reach self-actualization. Is that fair to say? say that again? So uh, it sounds like to me what you're explaining is they're searching for their self-actualization. They want to reach their definite purpose in life. And uh, Yeah, I
0: have value here. Recognize that. Got Let it. me use it. Got it. Um, the previous company I worked for, um, I-, I wasn't viewed as all that valuable an asset mm-hmm. because everybody else had 40 years on me. Got it. And- you know, so they must be better, you know, at this job than I would be.
1: Got it. And then you chose. Uh, now, if we're talking seventy-seven, seventy-eight, this is around the time you joined Lettuce Entertainment. Lettuce. Yeah. So, yes. what was it about? Because I, you strike me as a kind of person that really is intentional. They make, you know, the right decisions for specific reasons. What was it about Lettuce that really made that?
0: The- well, that was simple. I when I decided I wanted to leave the other company, I made a list of my favorite restaurants. Okay. And I thought, maybe I should go to work for a company that runs one of my favorite restaurants. Because, you know, I, I like what the restaurant is. I like what they're doing. I'd probably like work for the company. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what I didn't know at the time was that the three top restaurants on my list were all lettuce restaurants. Wow. I discovered that by accident.
2: That says lettuce
0: something. wasn't that well known at the time. We had... Five restaurants when I started, um, and three of my favorite restaurants were, you know, part of that five. Was- so once I realized that that one company was operating all those restaurants, it was a done deal for me. Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Was Evan- this is the company I've got to get into? Was Evanston's Fritz one of those three restaurants? Yes.
0: Awesome. Yes. Uh, uh, no, no, it wasn't one of my favorites, but it was one of the five that they okay. were operating. Awesome. I didn't even know about.
1: I just need to put a pause here real quick because whenever I interview somebody and they reaffirm one of my aha moments of what advice do I give to somebody who wants to be successful in this industry, it's always go work for somebody who's doing something that resonates with you. Be surrounded by those who are successful. Bust your ass for them and they will give you opportunity. They will grow you. And I mean –
0: Usually. Usually, unless they're a petty person.
1: Well, uh, it, it's, my, it's been my experience that people who are successful in this industry aren't because they wouldn't have made it as far as they did,
0: yep. uh, for the most and, part. And there were two things that my father taught me when I was a kid that sort of fit in here. When uh, one was um, I asked him about, you know, how do I you know distinguish myself on the job? And he said, that's easy. Do the job as best you can and then ask for more work. Love it.
2: Ask for more okay, work. Okay, you know, and
0: I never forgot that. The other thing he told me was, there's always somebody smarter than you. And he, and he also said, Chicago ain't the whole salami. <laughs> you know, I mean, there, there's there's always somebody smarter. So what do you think you getting Go find them. Go learn from them.
1: Ah, Yes. Awesome! I love it. Uh, I was hoping you would say that. Uh, and just one more thing: ten years of experience is what you put in before uh, you really brought. I mean, get that experience. Like it doesn't happen overnight. You got to learn a lot, and it takes constant pressure of improving yourself and striving to, to be just a little better version of yourself than you were the day before.
0: Um, yeah, and I want to. I want to insert something else about that. It was actually six and a half years. Okay. Um, one year with the first company, five and a half with the second, Got it. but what's pretty easy to learn is what I refer to as stuff. Things you can read in a book, things that, you know, you can, if you want to learn how to calculate a food cost, you you get a book, you go online, you know, you ask somebody that that's stuff. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing is real easy to learn and retain, you know, learning a recipe. How do you make a great hollandaise? What's the trick to doing this or that? All those things are very easy. What is not easy is managing people. Mm. I can't and, wait to
1: dive into that topic.
0: <laughs> and, and one of the reasons for that is younger people. And I'll sometimes when I give a lecture or something, I'll ask people what, what trait do you have that you think will make you successful in the hospitality industry? And like a, um, like a mentalist, I have the answer written on a piece of paper. Okay. And I ask people in the class. And what a majority of them say is some variation on, I'm good with people. Mm-hmm. And then I hold up my answer that says, I'm good with people. Then I say to them, this is the one thing that at your age, you're going to be the worst at. <laughs> you don't have enough life's experience yet. You have not learned how to be compassionate and understanding. You have not learned how to be empathetic and you're not going to get there for several years. Mm. Okay. You, you just don't know enough yet about life and more importantly about
1: yourself. Mm. So true. So where do you start John with helping these people develop their ability to
0: manage people? Well, um, it's something that we built into uh, Lettuce's management training program, which, which I personally wrote years ago. I mean, it's gone through changes and iterations since then. But um, what I realized early on, and, and Rich Melman said, you know, I want you to tackle this thing. I want you to make it the best management training program in the entire industry. Mm.
1: And well, up to this point, do they have any type of operations manual in place?
0: No. No, I wrote all the initial So they,
1: they were in business for eight years with multiple concepts without any operations manuals?
0: Uh, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, seven years. Yeah, seven I, years. I wonder, um, if,
1: I mean, that must have been a pivotal point for this restaurant group, to have you come in and put structure to the operation.
0: Uh, I well, go and to- it was something that, that Richard realized we needed, um, and he had lots of philosophical ideas uh, about how the company should be run, how we should treat mm-hmm. people, how do you develop yourself. But getting it all organized and on paper, that was the, the obstacle. And that, that was where I came in. Um, and I was able to do that uh, pretty easily, actually. Um,
1: so but- I, I, re- I really want to dive into... I think there's probably so many people who are out there who are you know on the treadmill busting their ass getting nowhere being uh, working in a people dependent restaurant where they need to do what you did for Richard Melman and let us entertain you um and I also want to bring it back to the the power of managing people too but where does where does it s- let's 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 wrap up with the power on how to get to the point where you're teaching people how to manage other people. And then I really wanted to figure out how you got to develop this operations manual and where you started and the the things you've learned and how we can do it right.
0: Well, in terms of developing people, I think it hinges on two main things. One is gaining trust and being uh, direct, Mm. really direct. Most people are not very direct; they beat around the bush
2: mm-hmm. and
0: you know they they use platitudes and cliches and um, you know whereas if you could say to a new manager, "You know you did great on your quiz here. you learned all the stuff, but the employees think you're a jerk. Do you know that? Do you realize that mm-hmm. about yourself mm-hmm. so you know and how does the guy take that, and how do you how do you work with that realization
2: okay.
1: And how do you develop trust? What's, is there uh, like any secret to doing that effectively?
0: I think so. And um, it's with honesty. Mm. Okay? Think about anybody who lies to you. About anything. How long does it take you to trust that individual again? The long? What's always in the back of your mind is, Well, he lied to me the last time. Is he lying again? I Mm -hmm. can't tell by his face, but I got to protect myself here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that folds into your thinking and your dealings with that individual. Um, So um, being perceived as an honest person, um, I think, is the first step to building that trust. Awesome.
1: I love it. Uh, so what else do you do to help people develop this uh, you know, uh, social intelligence, managing people?
0: Okay. So with the, with the management training program, for example, I realize that most um, management training programs, and not just in the hospitality industry, are loaded with stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, here's how to make an omelet. Here's how to schedule the employees. Here's how we want you to answer the phone. Okay. Here's how to read the P&L. Got it. But what almost no management training programs do is to teach you how to develop it yourself and how to be a leader. Okay. Because companies aren't comfortable with that. They don't know how to do that. And to use a a broad analogy, think about raising children. There's no manual for that. Okay. Okay. You You... You can, you can say to your kid, you know, don't pick your nose at the dinner table, you know, and the kid might stop doing it because, you know, he doesn't, you know, want to get reprimanded, but does he really get why it's inappropriate? Got you. And that's where the real learning comes from. Um, And generally speaking, people don't learn things until it hurts.
1: Yeah and what i'm hearing from you is so often people stop at providing the tools and the resources for people to do just their job but they never take it to the next level which is providing them with the tools and resources to take it to, to take the operation to the next level to see an opportunity for improvement to 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 implant the the way we think teach them how to think and how to uh grow well, give them the right, tools to grow yeah the-
0: the key to that statement, I think, is um, what most companies do is to teach people what to think.
1: Okay. Not how they to think. They
0: don't teach them how to think. Got it.
1: I love it. And,
0: and you're reminding us. Lettuce's me- training program is divided roughly in half. You know, half of the material is stuff that okay. they need to know. Yep. But the other half is psychological and emotional type things. So part of your final exam, for example, is doing role plays with the examiner. Okay. The, the party at table forty wants to talk to you. Stand up, go over there, handle the situation. Well what's the situation? You'll find out when you get to the table, because that's what happens in real life. Okay. And and the role play situation might be something as simple as it's too cold in here. Can you turn up the heat? Or the music's too loud. Can you turn it down? So, what- Or it might be something way more difficult. Okay, and this actually happened to me my first year with lettuce. A guy called me over. He was dining with his young son, and he said, That woman in the corner is breastfeeding her baby. I want you to tell her to stop it. I don't want my son to see that.
1: That that's, that's, tough. <laughs> that's tough. So, I mean, you're right, though. Uh, anything can pop up and you need to train your people to think on their toes and to be critical thinkers in the heat of the moment. Um, is that the how? Is that how you, you teach people how to think? Um, is there yes. anything else that we can do to teach our people how to think? Is, it, is What what else can we do to give them those resources?
0: Well, there are some um, some issues that require a cut-and-dried answer, okay? But many of the situations that a manager is going to have to deal with, whether it's with a guest, with a vendor, uh, with an employee, you know, what, or the health department, whatever it is, um, they're fluid. They're not that cut-and-dried. Mm-hmm. And and the key to doing that, once again, is building the person's confidence. How far... If, if you learn what I'm teaching you here, how far off are you going to be? Okay. So maybe you don't, you know, your answer isn't a hundred percent. Maybe it's 90%.
2: Okay.
0: We're going to go over it afterwards and you're going to learn something from that. And you're going to be smarter the next time around. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you're not going to be standing there like a deer in a headlight. Got it. You know, you're going to be able to function. So it's, here's, here's an example of how it works. All right. If, if you're the manager of the restaurant and the server comes to you and says, the guest at table 40 wants to talk to you, what about? I don't know. He just asked for the manager. What What is one of the highest likelihoods? What He's going to ask, he's going to have a question about food, service, or cleanliness. Mm-hmm. If it's a complaint. You know, if he just wants to tell you, this is the best meal I've ever had in my life. You know that's easy. Uh, but we even teach managers how to accept compliments gracefully. Anyway, so food service cleanliness: three basics. Okay. And if it's a food complaint, what's it likely to be? Uh, it's it's a half dozen things. I don't like the way this tastes. This isn't what I thought it was. It's cold. It's raw. It's I asked for a well done. This is medium. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too spicy. You know, whatever. All of those things get resolved in exactly the same way. Okay. Doesn't make any difference what their complaint is. Fix it. So is that, know,
2: so
1: that, so that how to think is basically. It, it sounds like, and I don't want to make assumptions, but is this where core values kind of comes in? Like, yes, so, absolutely. Okay, so it's it's the most basic, like primitive. This is who we are. This is what we do. No matter what the problem is, the goal is to make it right. Yes. So that's like a core value. So you lay the fa- so I don't want to I'll let you kind of, you know, come full
0: circle. You're, you're right. All, all that is accurate. Okay. Um
1: I mean, you really reminded me, I, I recently had Cameron Mitchell on the show and, and he, this is exactly what he said, just to drive home his, Yeah. Great guy. Uh He actually had amazing to say things to say about let us entertain you uh, during the interview. Uh But yeah. his whole thing is I believe in, yeah, we have the, the operations, the systems, processes, procedures, protocols, but at the core of it, it's the core values and you teach people how to think. Uh, and it comes down to like the mapping out the type of people we are and making that clear and driving that home every day. That's what I'm hearing from you.
0: Sure. Well, imagine, imagine a younger manager, okay. Who, who isn't experienced yet, who isn't open mm-hmm. and the customer, you know, eats all but two bites of his hamburger and says, I didn't like this. I don't want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. The younger guy is likely to say, well, you need the whole thing. I mean, I didn't like it. I was hungry, and so I had to eat it, but I didn't like it. I don't want to pay for it.
2: Okay.
0: So suddenly this guy is off and running in an argument with the guest. Okay? And if you say to the guest, if you're unhappy, I I don't want you to pay for it. I'm sorry you were unhappy with it. The young guy, inexperienced, a guy who is not developed psychologically, can't do that. All he focuses on is, I'm not letting this guy get one over on me. Yeah. He ate that whole damn sandwich, and he's cheating me, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not going to let him get away with it. I got you. Okay, yeah. so so I would say to that manager, give it to him. Yep. Yeah, but but what? Are, you know, are you any poorer because he he got you know he got the burger on us for nothing? Is it out of your pocket? What do you care? Mm. Give it to him. Yep. Yeah, but there's no but. Give it to him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what I would say is, remember that guy's face, because I wouldn't let him do it to me twice. Okay. But the first time through, I don't want to fight with him. It's not worth it. Yeah,
1: um, and I mean, if these things aren't common sense, too. And I think that's where people go wrong. They don't. They assume that everything that they've gathered, all the knowledge they've gathered in their career, uh, is common sense. But you have people with no experience coming into this foreign uh, industry, this foreign career, and it's not common sense. You really have to develop these young people. And most of the time, it's young people who, it's not common sense just in that career, but in life,
0: you know? Well, there's two things to remember. It it is kind of common sense, but it's not common emotion,
2: Mm.
0: okay? Intellectually, the guy might get, well, it'd be a lot easier for me if I just took the sandwich off off the check. That'd be a hell of a lot easier. But I'm not going to let him get over on me. Mm. So their, their emotion kicks in Pride. and overrides what common sense is telling them to do. Got you. Awesome. You know, so that's 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 difficult. Awesome.
1: We're already almost at 45 minutes. I can't believe how fast time is going. I just want to make sure. How are you doing on time?
0: I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine.
1: Uh, I just want to really break down and talk about uh, where to start, the key factors that you need to consider when developing uh, the, the, the operations manual, where, like how to break it down mentally real quick. I would love to get a failure from you, and then we're going to move on to the speed round.
0: Okay, think about what you were saying about common sense, young people coming in and so forth. Okay, Imagine a, an older, more experienced guy coming in. All right. Okay. He's already, he's got that accumulation of however many years of knowledge and so forth. And he's, you know, convinced himself that what I know and what I've been doing is right. I've, I've been successful in the industry. Well, I don't care what he did anywhere else. I want him to know our way of doing it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when a guy says well, weeks of management training, I've been managing restaurants for 15 years. I don't care. Okay, you're going to learn how to do it our way. Okay. And the guy who doesn't get that or doesn't want to go through it won't last. He won't last in our program. Okay. So I think the key to uh, great training programs is not only incorporating this emotional and psychological um, component, but also you cannot assume that people know what to do. You have to tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, a perfect example of this was years ago, I, uh, McDonald's was a client of ours. Okay. And I insisted on going to Hamburger University. And they did a demonstration on stage that illustrated this perfectly for me.
2: Okay.
0: They, they had a, um, a screen in the middle of the stage. So the audience could see both sides of the stage, but people on the stage couldn't see each other. Okay. They asked for somebody who knew how to tie a necktie. The guy came up on stage. They asked for another person who had never tied a necktie in their life. Okay. That came on stage. And they said to the experienced guy, teach this person, tell this person how to tie a necktie. Well, he proceeded to explain what steps to go through to tie the necktie. Okay. Well, the audience was in stitches. We we couldn't stop laughing. And this guy couldn't understand what we were laughing at. The person who was trying to tie the tie was incredibly frustrated. And all because of one thing. He never told her to put the tie around her neck. Uh. So she's holding this thing up in the air trying to tie a knot and, you know, and, and all this kind of stuff and got nowhere. Mm. So it, to me, that's an example of how important it is to be crystal clear with people when you're training them. Mm. You can't take things for granted. You can't assume that they know they might not. Absolutely. So you got to tell them. So
1: we're, I guess when developing, uh, the, the standards for your your operation or the the processes for your operation, what's the first step to make sure, like you say, to communicate everything? Like, How do you do that effectively?
0: Well, the first step, I think, is deciding what it is you want people to know. Mm. Then, and not not in great detail, but, for example, I I want them to know how to be a, a good server. I want them to know how to be a bartender. I want them to know... How to wash dishes or how to bust a table. So what you're doing? What you're saying um, right now
1: is create a list of everything that needs to be known.
0: Yes, okay. everything that needs to be taught. Got okay. It. Then I would organize all that. What are the easiest tasks to learn first? How can how can the training timetable build on what they already know? Okay. Um, you know, for example, um, and and then. It's fleshing out all of that detail. If I want you to be a great server, what am I going to teach you on day one? At 8 a.m. in the morning, from 8 to 8.30, here are the five things you're going to learn. And from 8.30 to 9.15, here are the next eight things you're going to learn. And I'm just not going to take your word for it that you've learned those things. You're getting a quiz at the end of the mm-hmm. day, buddy. And if you can't pass that quiz, you're not moving on. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, You know, so once people realize that, you know, the program is serious, they knuckle down. Mm
1: -hmm. So to me, just to take away something that's, you know, where to start is to look at your business. What is look at everything that people need to know and make a list of all those things and then start prioritizing uh, what's most important for people to know. Uh, and then work your way back from there? Not, not
0: prioritizing so much, okay. no. Sorry. Because you know, if there's 40 things you need to know as a server, I could name one thing, and I, I could say to a server, if you don't remember anything else, remember this one thing. But with the other 39 things, I can't prioritize those. Okay. They're, they're the details and steps of service, and they all need to be um, apparent. You know, you need to be doing all these things.
1: So choose the most important um, single things that are the most impactful. Say that again. Choose the most impactful, important things and teach those first. Is that what you're saying?
0: No, no, I'm not. Um, they, if, if there are 40 steps to the service, as an example, okay. they need to learn all 40 steps Got it. and they need to be doing all 40 steps. You, you can't just do 30 of them.
2: Okay. Got
0: you, and it, and not do the other ten because they're too troublesome or you don't remember. Okay, you know you don't get to do that. It's you know you want if if you want consistent great detailed service, they got to do all forty things. Think think of it this way: this recipe has fifteen ingredients in it. Just do ten. Pick any ten you want, or maybe these ten are the most important. But don't worry about the other five. Mm-hmm.
1: So when you were dealt this task. To create this operations manual, would you have done anything differently today than how you started back then? If you could do it all over again?
0: I I probably would not do it very differently, but I tend to have a pretty organized mind. So so I approached it then the same way I I would likely approach it now. And by the way, remember when I said, you know, you wanted to know how to be a server and a bartender and dishwasher? Mm Mm-hmm. There are other things you want them to know as well that are not so easily teachable. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a manager working for me. I want you to be empathetic to my employee. Mm, that's hard. How do you teach that? <laughs> oh, man. I, I want you to. I want you to be compassionate. Mm-hmm. I want you to listen to people. Really listen to them.
1: Yeah, those are hard behaviors to change for sure
0: what they are. Necessary. You can mentor those things. Mm-hmm. You can teach them. You can develop them. You can model them.
1: Absolutely. Awesome. Um, man, I can't believe how fast time is going. I want to get a failure from you, John. Uh, I, I think we just learned, we can learn so much from looking at the successes of other people, but we can also learn a ton from the times we fell on our ass. So tell me about a time that you really fell hard on your backside and what you learned from that failure and why you're better today because of it.
0: Um, I think it was, it was realizing that I have a temper, Mm -hmm. um, especially when I'm lied to or wronged in some way. And, um, that, um, I, I tend to lash out. I, I tend to not be very sympathetic to the individual. Um, my tendency is to call them on it. Mm -hmm. You know, don't give me that. You're lying to me. I know you're lying to me and here's why I know. And that's embarrassing for the other person. Yep. So so it's not necessarily the best course of action. Um,
1: when did this bite so, you? Did, did, give me a specific example where you lost your cool and how, how it hurt you in the, the, the operation.
0: Uh, this was way back. I, was, I think I was 22 or 23 years old. Okay. Um, I caught a bartender stealing from us. Oof. And um, I think he was an older guy. He was in the '60s. I was 22. Um, I knew he was stealing from us, and I couldn't catch him. I, I just, my gut told me he was ripping us off.
1: Was he overpouring? Eventually- was he stealing from the register?
0: Was he? He was stealing from the register. Gotcha. But but he had a very clever way of tabulating it, and that's what I didn't catch at first. Um, it took me a while to figure out how he was doing it, but. Um, and at the time, it wasn't dealing with HR. You know, it was up to me to can him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I couldn't control myself. I didn't just fire him. I had to tell him what I thought of him, mm-hmm. how despicable it was to me that he was doing this. You know, look what you've done to yourself. You, know, you can't ever use me or this place as a reference mm-hmm. because you stole from us. You lack integrity. Doesn't that bother you? I'm, I'm, you know, I was like I stuck him with a pin and made him squirm. So how that it was unnecessary um, because I realized after the fact that he he didn't learn anything. He was going to go on to his next job, and as soon as he felt comfortable, he'd steal from them too. Mm -hmm. It made me feel better, and that's what I examined. Why did you need to do that to him? Why did you? What did you? Well, because my own sense of Honesty and integrity um, was um, uh, it infuriated me. Betrayal, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and but but I didn't need to do it. It didn't make me a better person. It didn't make the restaurant better. It didn't make him better.
1: Did it hurt? Did it come back to hurt the restaurant or you in any way?
0: No, not at all.
1: Just just there, not at all. Kind of in the back of it, my but, mind,
0: it, but it, it stuck with me. Got you that. I could tell in the moment that I was hurting him. Mm. And that was my goal. I wanted him to squirm. I wanted him to feel bad for what he'd done. Mm. But after the fact, I realized it made no difference at all. Mm-hmm. He wasn't beca- going to become a better person because of my lecture with him because mm-hmm. he didn't want to become better.
1: Yeah. and there's, I mean, what's the big lesson in this uh, in like two sentences just to take away?
0: I think the big lesson is uh, understanding yourself and your motives—that's mm. one of the reasons that younger people don't make managers as good as they think they are, because mm-hmm. they really don't understand themselves very well yet.
1: Got it. Awesome stuff. You need to get
0: kicked in the teeth a couple of times before <laughs> that. before that sinks in.
1: Yeah. Awesome. This has been great so far. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back for the speed round. When you're running a busy restaurant, it's pretty hard to find time for training. Well, Tipsy has a whole library of video courses from industry experts, including world barista champions, marketing gurus, and customer service superstars. Get your staff watching Tipsy courses and watch their growth help your business. With Tipsy, scheduling training, tracking skills growth, and measuring engagement is a piece of cake. In the hospitality industry, we never have enough time, so training often falls away. But as management legend Andy Grove says, the only two ways to improve performance are training and motivation. Tipsy provides both. Click the Tipsy banner in the show notes to find out more. Because you're Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you'll receive a special 50% off your first month. What are you waiting for? Get on it. All right, we are back. And the first question I have for you, John, is what is one if factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success in this industry?
0: Well, I think it goes back to what I said earlier about my dad. Do the job as best you can and then ask for more. Who does that? No one. Not enough people. You know, who, know, who, who volunteers? You call for a volunteer and everybody looks at their shoes.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. Awesome. Uh, what is your biggest weakness then?
0: Um, it, it's optimism. I, I want to take on every client and I want to make them successful. Really? And unfortunately, and, and, and you know, my partner, you know, is the one that generally brings me back down to earth. He reels me in, uh, cause I'm always looking at, you know, how do we take on this new client? How do we make it work? How do we help them? And in some cases, They don't really want to be helped. Mm,
1: That's huge.
0: Um, And we can't help those people. So, you know, I need to recognize that and move on.
1: Or they they think that you're going to fix all their problems when nine times out of ten, the problem
0: is them and they don't want to hear it. the problem is almost always them. Yeah. Now, you know, in some cases, they don't have the knowledge. Mm Mm-hmm. We can give them the knowledge and we exactly. can we give them the tools. We can show them how to use the tools, but we can't do it for them. Mm-hmm. If we do it for them, a week after we leave, it's all going to, you know, the jungle is going to encroach again. It's mm-hmm. going to be right back to what it was. Yeah. They need to invest in making themselves better. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, it, I think but it, initially I, I want to take on every client.
1: Yeah. And it's funny that you say optimism as a weakness, because I think that's one thing people consider as a strength in this industry is that can do attitude, that anything's possible. If you show up and uh, having that energy, that attitude, that positivity is huge. But at the same time, like Ari Weinswag says your weaknesses are also your strengths and vice versa. Your weak your strengths are your weaknesses. So it's funny. It's kind of funny that you, you mentioned that. Awesome. Um, you want to add to that?
0: Uh, No, I think that that sums up. Cool. Uh,
1: What is one question or one piece of advice uh, you have? Sorry, I'm going to edit this part out. Um, What is one piece of advice you have for leading others?
0: To be a successful leader, I think. To be perceived as a successful leader. People need to believe that they accomplish things on their own.
1: Hey, John, can you say that one more time because you broke up in the middle?
0: Sorry. Um, to be perceived as a successful leader, people need to feel like they accomplish things themselves. Mm. You give them the tools, you give them the direction, you coach them, but at the at the end, they need to feel like they did it themselves.
1: Yeah, and like you said earlier, then they start to develop that confidence, and that's where it really yeah. shines awesome love it uh, what is one question you ask uh, or you have your people ask or something you look for in a person during the interview
0: process well during the interview I, there are two questions I ask myself um, and human resource people their their heads will explode you know when you say this I ask myself if I like the person on a personal level do I like them why is that I'm going to spend 50 or 60 hours a week in my restaurant. <laughs> Why would I want to surround myself with people I don't like? Yeah, They're jerks or idiots. Why would I want to do that? Yeah, it's and, the second, the second, and And the reason for that is, okay, it's very easy to be giving to people that you like. Mm. It's very difficult to be giving to people you don't like. So true. Um, the second question I ask myself is, when I'm looking at this person across the table from me, I'll think to myself, somewhere down the road, is this person going to make my life easier? Mm. So, look, if all they do is show up to work on time, when they're scheduled, in the proper uniform, and do what I taught them to do, that makes my life easy. Absolutely. Great. But, maybe this person could be more. Maybe this person could take on responsibilities for me. Maybe I can delegate to them. Maybe this person down the road is going to be sharp enough to take my job. Yeah. That makes my life easier. Yes. And,
1: and uh, oh, man, it's just, it's so true. Like just being able to see the strengths in other people, a, a talent, a skill they can bring to the team that you can, you know, if, if somebody can do something better than you can do it. By all means, give them that project. The team's going to be better because of it. You're going to have free time to do what you're good at. I mean, they will feel like they're contributing to the team because their special skill, their assets being, uh, you know, a light's being shown on it, which is huge. There's really so much significance to
0: that. And, And I don't know who said this, but I remember hearing this quote once that men are more important than tools. If you don't believe that's true, put a good tool in the hands of a poor workman. Mm. So when you have those people that have skills mm-hmm. um, that you don't have or that are better than yours, utilize them.
1: Absolutely. And to to tie on to your first point that you were making earlier about uh, hiring people that you like, first impressions. Yeah. I mean, odds are when that person approaches a table for the first time to a a, a a new guest, their first impression will likely be similar to your first impression and if you like them initially that's probably a good indication of how others are going to feel initially and those first impressions are huge
0: absolutely if i don't like them why should my guests like them exactly
1: uh okay so what is one current challenge let us entertain you enterprises is currently you know struggling with and how are you dealing with it
0: well i'd be more comfortable speaking about Us consulting because that's yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's what I'm involved with rather than lettuce means. as a whole, um, it's, um, trying to juggle too many projects. Remember, I, I like to take on as much as I can. Um, and, um, what that leads to is, you know, a, a time crunch, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, um, you know, every client we talk to when I say, what's your timetable to, to accomplish these goals? But yesterday. We're on the fast track. You know, we want this done right away. Well, usually what that means is my partner and I can move way faster than they can. Um, But um, when I say too many projects, what I mean is um, I can control how many clients we take on. I don't have to take any more than I want or or need to. Um, But there usually winds up being a bottleneck at some point. Um, you know, we'll set out a timetable for the work, for example, and it's happening right now to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we expect it to be done with a particular project last month and the client dragged his feet. Okay. It wasn't our fault. You know, he was supposed to get us some material. He didn't do it. So now we're behind and it's going to cause um, a bottleneck, you know, next month because other clients are expecting their work to be delivered at a certain point.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, so what would you say, if, if you are talking to somebody right now who's dealing with the issue of taking on too much, uh, what would your advice be?
0: Well, if you're able to control how much you take on, that's a good first step. Um, the next step is, if that's not uh, practical or possible, um, the Chinese have a saying, the sooner and in more detail you announce bad news, the better. Mm-hmm. So if you can't deliver to the client as expected, tell them now. Mm. Don't wait. You know, so and, and if you have to say to them tactfully, "Look, it's not my fault. It's you."
2: Mm.
0: You know, we lost four and a half weeks because you didn't deliver. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't my fault either. I uh, yeah, regardless. Okay, you know, we're four and a half weeks behind now because of that. Got we'll it. do the best we can.
1: Awesome. Uh, what's one thing uh, besides food that Lettuce does really well, or maybe that you teach your clients at Lettuce Consulting Group uh, that will help them do things better than other restaurants? Uh, does that make sense? Want me to say it again?
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I think it, it's um, one important thing, you know, aside from serving great food, okay? Um, aside from that. Sorry, that's my phone line. That's okay. Okay. Um, I would say that um, it's knowing when to embrace change. A lot of companies are willing or able to do that, or they don't recognize when it's time. So their mentality tends to be, well, we've been successful for 15 years. Why do we need to change now? And, and they hesitate. Mm. You know, they don't, they don't make the appropriate changes. So, what I'll say to clients is, look, you don't have to stumble and fall to lose the race. All you have to do is slow down. Mm. So if you're not embracing the idea of change, and I'm not saying change just for change's sake, but, you know, are there, are there things you need to examine within your company? Are there processes? Are there pathways you're taking that might not be the best possible? internally it's hard to see that mm-hmm. as an outsider I can see him right away yeah easy for me you know it doesn't mean I'm right but you know I wouldn't bet against me mm-hmm. no, you know if I say to a client you know you don't have a strong management bench you know you're 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 flying by the seat of your pants here if you lost two general managers you'd be screwed you know even the guys behind them aren't ready to step up. You're not addressing that issue. Um, yeah. yeah. As an outsider, it's easy. So, so maybe the change I'm going to suggest to them is you need to implement a management training program that gets people ready to move up. So you got a strong bench.
1: Yeah. Even I think even evolution and uh, being willing and able to adapt to the new times, and this is something you being in the industry for over. Uh, almost 40 years, over 40 years. Like this is probably... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 40,
0: 45
1: years. Like you must have experienced so many evolutions in the industry uh, just in technology alone to be more sure. systematic and we'll get to that. But like you have to be ready and willing to evolve to better serve your guests, um, which I think we'll dive into. But before we talk about that, uh, what is one book we must read to become a better person or restaurant owner?
0: You know, that's something I struggle with. Um, you know, there I, I don't know that I could give you one book, but if, if I could, it wouldn't be a, a technical book. It wouldn't be you know, a book of, of full of stuff about managing a restaurant or opening a restaurant or fixing a restaurant.
2: Okay.
0: It, it would be personal. You know, something just came to mind. What was, Years ago, what was that Robert Fulgham book? Um, everything I Need to Learn I Learned in Kindergarten or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it sounds familiar. That's what I tell people to read.
1: Yeah, just the basics.
0: It's really about developing yourself more than fixing your business or your restaurant. Mm, So Um, true. You need to be very healthy personally and the healthier you are personally, um, the more able you're going to be to tackle adversity and challenges.
1: Absolutely. I I love Um, this. I
0: mean, imagine being diagnosed with, with, um, you know, a terminal illness and your way to deal with it is to crawl under the covers and pull them up over your head and say, I'm going to die in three months. You know, how productive is that? Not at all. You know, <laughs> it, but if you're, if you're saying to the doctor, okay, yeah. okay, I, I got it. It doesn't sound good. What are my options? What can I do? What do you recommend? Can I get a second opinion? You know, okay. if I stop smoking and eat healthy and you know, like give me three more months, you know, whatever. Mm. But you know, fighting it, being tenacious.
1: Yeah, and that was another aha moment for me when I started this podcast. I really didn't have much direction. I just wanted to learn. And I started to notice a pattern that behind every great restaurant owner I was, you know, behind every great restaurant, there's a great person. The people I was talking to were just good people who yeah. were workers and who understood what it meant to give back to the people that work for them, their communities, and to make it more than just about making money, but making a difference. And it, it, it all starts like with what you say about the person. And this is why we focus so much on personal growth here and developing yourself. And I couldn't agree more with you. It's awesome stuff. So uh, what's one piece of technology uh, you've adopted recently or you're having your clients adopt to help their restaurants become more efficient, more productive, and more profitable?
0: Well, you know, uh, maybe not surprisingly... Uh Lettuce doesn't embrace that much technology. Okay. We're not the kind of guys that, you know, need to have the newest gadget and so forth. Um, I mean, if you think about something as your, your iPhone sitting in your pocket, you know, that thing's got more computing power than the lunar module did when oh, it yeah. landed on the moon. Um, so I, my comment about technology would be show me something. So only some piece of technology that gives you discipline. Mm. And that's something that would be important to me. Because one of the things we find over and over again with clients, one of the weaknesses we see with companies and and executives, they lack discipline.
1: How do you teach them discipline?
0: Um, You put them in a straitjacket. So for example, you say, you know, there's three things I need from you. When can, I, when can I have those from you? Well, I can probably get them by tomorrow. Fine, I'll call you at 3 p.m. tomorrow morning. Have them ready. Mm. And you call them at 3 p.m., not 310, not 258, 3 p.m. Where's my information? <laughs> well, I didn't quite get that done. Well, you're dropping the ball here.
2: Yeah.
0: I can't proceed with you. I can't, um, unless you're going to be a disciplined individual, we can't proceed. And if that type of thing persists, I'll fire him as a client. Awesome, great stuff. I, I, at my age, I don't mind working hard, but I hate spinning my wheels. I hate wasting my time.
1: Yeah, I mean, self control, discipline. Uh, you know, what's the word? Uh, just when, following through with what you say you're going to do. Integrity.
0: Yes. All those things go yes. back
1: again to just being an amazing person and be working on that personal growth in yourself. Uh, you can't have a successful business until you have you you have success with controlling yourself. Uh, well,
0: maybe you can for a short period of time, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. but not not long periods. Absolutely. It, it just won't sustain you. You, you, can only fool the customer for so long. You can only fool your employees for so long. Yeah.
1: We're almost wrapped up, John. We're getting real close to the end. Well, uh, with all the knowledge you have now, if you could go back in time and give your past, uh, self one piece of business advice, say maybe, uh, when you're getting, I don't know, your first, uh, management role when you're at the Sears tower, uh, what would that advice be?
0: I think I would tell myself to be a little more adventurous. Um, again, I don't know who said this, but the quote I like is, trust yourself, you know more than you think to do. Mm. Awesome. Um, you know, and it, people tend to be, they second guess themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they hesitate, they hold back. Um, you know, it's only really, th- think about really young kids. Well, you know, don't go running off the roof of a garage thinking they can fly. (laughs) You know, they don't know any better. They don't know that they're going to break or run the risk of breaking a leg. You know, I mean, they're they're wild and crazy. And, you know, how many times did your mother say, stop running in the house? Put those scissors down. You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. As as a kid, you think you're indestructible. And as, as you get kicked in the teeth enough and get older and more experienced, you start to realize that you're not indestructible Mm -hmm. and at the same time as you get older you have more to lose so true I got a wife I got kids I got a dog I got a house I got a job I I don't want to risk those things so I have to be less adventurous now Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't advocate being less adventurous just be smart about it
1: but it's so true like you say like you have liabilities as you wait or as you grow older and as you know there's so much freedom at a younger age for you to get out to fall down on your ass and it's so much easier to get back up when you make mistakes at that age when you have less on your shoulders like like you said, just take chance be adventurous at a younger age uh, learn as much as you can I couldn't agree more awesome stuff that was the last question we're going to wrap it up now John and we wrap it up every time by having my guest call somebody out so who's one independent restaurants operator somebody you admire in this industry and think would be a great guest like you were for us today
0: um, I, I, you know, I, I'd point to one of my partners here at Lettuce, um, a younger guy who is a spectacular operator. Uh, he's someone that, uh, we call on frequently to help us on our consulting projects. Um, he's a great thinker. He's organized. He's very creative. He's got a terrific eye for design. Um, and, um, and he operates, um, Some of my favorite lettuce restaurants.
1: The suspense is killing me.
0: (laughs) His name is Mark Jacobs. uh, Mark with a C.
1: Mark Jacobs, look out. I am coming after you. would love to get you on the show. And let the folks at home know, John, how can we connect with you? If we want to pick up the conversation, if we want to lean on your expertise, maybe we want to gain you as a consultant for our operation. What's the best way to connect?
0: Uh, the best way is through um, with my email address, j Buchanan. B-U-C-H-A-N-A-N, at L-E-Y-E dot com. Um, You know, they can also access um, my email through the uh, Lettuce Consulting website. Uh, I am rarely in the office, so calling the office is not the best method, but I reply to emails very quickly.
1: Awesome. And I'll have links Um, in the show notes. Uh, I'll have your email. I'll have the website link in the show notes. This is episode 263. John, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to join this melting pot of mentors, to share your journey with us and your advice. There's no questioning. You are unstoppable.
0: Well, thank you. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Cheers. Okay. Bye-bye.
1: There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurants Unstoppable, and some incredible advice in today's show. Uh, I mean, the standards that we hear from so many of our guests, like always growing, always learning, uh, living intentionally, surrounding yourself with people that can make you better at what you do, all that was in there. Some really cool things that stood out uh, for me is, he says, hire people that you like, uh, because it's all about making people better and helping other people. And you will be more uh, naturally inclined to help those who you like. So surround yourself with people that you want to see go places in life and grow in their life and you can help them. It'll be easier for you to help them do that. Uh, He also put a ton of emphasis on discipline and uh, personal growth. He said, it's it's not about business development. It's about personal development. And that is a huge aha moment that I've learned doing this podcast, uh, and I've pivoted this podcast to be almost more of a, a personal growth podcast, it's because you will never be a great business owner unless you become a great person, and uh, just he's just another example. He's more living proof of that. So great stuff today. Guys, I need to ask for your help. So I... I love doing this podcast. I'm loving every second of it. And I'm trying to take these lessons I've learned uh, and apply them in my own life uh, with a restaurant that I've just really am slowly starting to fall in love with, uh, an honor to be a part of. And uh, I want to be able to continue to deliver at least two episodes a week. And uh, there's a few ways I can do it. I can get help. I can uh, bring more people on my team. And I've, I've been doing that. But I can also lean on you, my audience, to make suggestions and to connect me with the people you want to hear from. So ask yourself, who is somebody in my community? Somebody who is just killing it in the restaurant scene, who's a mentor in our community to other restaurant owners? Uh, who is that person? Who do you want to hear from? Hop on uh, Restaurant Unstoppable's Facebook page and call them out. Tag them in a comment. Uh, let's let's start making this a group effort to uh, all learn together into uh find out where that knowledge is and who has it, and who is willing to share it. Let's. I feel like we can just really make this into something special. So if you if you are listening to this right now, uh, stop and think. Who is one person that is just crushing it? Head over to Restaurant Unstoppable's Facebook page and tag them in a comment. Call them out to be a future guest in the show. Uh, that would really help me out. And I think it would really start generating some awesome buzz around what it is we're trying to do here to create this, this melting pot of mentors to to collaborate and to uh, learn together and uh, just create something truly special. So uh, let's get that going and keep those five-star reviews coming. Those always help. And don't forget that I'm always looking to set up that 15-minute one-on-one chat. Maybe you need some motivation. Maybe you need some inspiration. Maybe I can make some suggestions based off of what I've learned in over uh, 264 or three episodes now. So uh, let's take advantage of that. Okay, guys, that's all I have today.
2: Until next time, peace.